What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Combo's Court. Can't wait for you all to hear this one. Bo Estes of NBA.com, also known as the NBA.com Top 10 Goatmentator, joins in. That's right, if you ever watched or consumed official NBA Top 10 highlights, you probably have heard Bo's voice before. Big shouts to Bo for joining in. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Bo Estes, man, we just had a great conversation about microphones. Um, how, how you, you go? How you feeling, man? How are you feeling? I'm good, man. Uh, for years, I did this job with the NBA, living out in Atlanta, but I'm in Los Angeles now and have been for a year. And it is February in Los Angeles, and I'm outside every day, and it's a gorgeous thing, man. It's just a beautiful thing. Maybe you could have been. Recording from there the whole time, right? I mean, what you do, you can no, do it, I, you could do it remotely, no? Honestly, dude, I, I've done it um in Maui a ton. I've okay. done it in Europe a bunch. I've done it all I've done it on a boat before. I, I my wife's uncle has a boat that has Wi-Fi. So we were out at sea and I did the job. Yeah. I, I tried I tried to record on a cruise once. It it wasn't good. The Wi-Fi was terrible, but that's pretty oh, cool though. I, I was scared to death of sound, like the rocking of the boat and stuff like that, but we got through and it worked. Um, you know, if you listen to those NBA videos I do, one of the things you'll notice is that they jam the music in the background. Mm. There's crowd sounds and stuff like that. So my audio quality, it doesn't have to quite be the same as if I were doing something for like a movie trailer or something. I feel like nobody even realizes how good audio quality is unless like you're in the business of audio quality. Like if you're a podcaster or you use your voice, you know what I mean? You're really probably right. I mean, I don't think people care too much. As long as it's not like you're using your computer mic or something like that, you're probably okay. You really are. Like I I, I do uh, something called Sports Business Classroom. Where I, teach a bunch I, I was, of I was there. I was there. I was um there this past summer. Talked to my guy, Seth Part now. Talked to a whole bunch of great people. I, I wasn't part of the program, but I, I visited, man. A lot of great people there. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And the thing I would say about it that's interesting is that, like, these students ask me, what do I – for me getting into the business, like, you see I got gray hair. It's been a minute. I've been doing this. Uh, so, like, I got in in the 90s, and I had to go on camera and sell myself to a producer and hope that somebody at a network would hire me. Uh, and you know, that's a ton of work. That's a ton of practice. That's a ton of effort. Now, man, if you're, if you're good on YouTube, if you write a good blog, if you do something that's a unique perspective, your voice can get heard. It really can in a unique and good way. And it, it's, it's a good way to make a living if you can do it right. Most definitely. It's crazy when you think about it, that think about how many fans are in the world. Right. And yeah. I'm sure that like, at least 97% of them have heard your voice before. 98%. Like, what did you, what did you think? It's a lot. It's weird, man. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's sort of weird. Like, every time I jump on a podcast, people are sort of like, oh, 
Okay, I've heard that. Uh, before. So yeah, so everybody heard your voice, but they might not put the voice to your face, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like for years, I was a host on NBA TV. Okay, that was that was five. Well, not five. My last day on air, and it was sort of my own choosing. But my last day on air was the day the NBA shut down. I was on TV that day. I was hosting, and I remember I got uh, a note from my producer that morning at like nine a.m. And so if you think about it, it was it was sometime in March. Right. So like the topics we're talking about is who's going to be eliminated from playoff contention today, who can clinch a playoff spot. That's the morning topics that I'm dealt with to, to do news updates on. By the end of the day, the league was shut down and it was just the wildest ride in the world. But as you know, as you and I discussed before we hopped on here, man, I can work from anywhere in the world now. I can do my gig from anywhere in the world. So I just, you know, we, we moved out to Colorado for a while. Uh, now we're in LA and it's, it's a pretty good life to not have to go into an office or a studio or anything like that. It's, it's pretty enjoyable. Let me ask you, when you became a member, when you started working for NBA TV, you must've been super excited, right? Like what was your expectations when you realized you were going there to what the reality of it was? Did I'll it match up? No, I'll tell you the whole story. I, when I was uh, maybe six years old, I lived in Mission Viejo, California, and I told my parents I wanted to be a sportscaster. I'm not mm. joking at all. I swear to you, that's exactly what I told them. Magic Johnson was the first player that I ever saw that I fell in love with, so I became an NBA lunatic. So fast forward to I'm now on TV for the league's network. It's like not many people achieve their dream in such a specific way. Mm -hmm. So it is a little bit of that moment. I'm not kidding where you're sort of like, whoa, you know, you're just a little bit like this is really happening. And you you have to, you know, it, it, you do the job and you get through it and you do good and everything like that. But you have to take a moment and actually realize and acknowledge I sort of did what I hoped I was going to do. And that's, I'm thankful. I'm really thankful and uh, feel, look, I have to be honest with you. So much of that is luck too, right? Like, you know, like I talked, I got a buddy of mine, uh, Orlando Johnson's former NBA player. And we talk about like situations that work for players that may make it in Europe that don't make it to the NBA and those that make it to the NBA that don't make it to Europe. I'm not under the suspicion that the top 450 players in the world all are in the NBA. There's better players in Europe than some of those, you know, bottom guys in the NBA. I know that. So there's luck involved. There's timing involved. There's all that sort of stuff involved. And I, I you know, some of it is my hard work and some of it is of circumstance and timing. Yeah, that's interesting when you say that, that probably the top 450 players aren't in the NBA. A lot of it has to do with it's probably even less like exactly the top 450 than before because you have to fit an NBA niche now. Like, let's say you're like a 6'1 bucket getter, but you're yep. one of the best of those in the world. Your chances of making the NBA are less likely than maybe a guy who's like a very good player, but he's 6'8", he could slide his feet and hit the three. Like, you have a way better chance as the 6'8 guy slide his feet and yeah, hit the three. Yeah, 3 and the, D. We need lots of those. Like, How many the, Lou Williams are there? Exactly. The 6-1 bucket getter is going to end up overseas no matter pretty much how good he is, you know? Yeah. No, that's the way it goes. And that's that's the thing. And, like, the other thing I learned a bit in talking to some executives is that, like, when they're scouting dudes, it seems to me like they sort of close the book when you get to 27, 28. Like, if you are getting better at 27, or 20, if you're making a real leap forward, it's hard for them to notice. 
mm-hmm. really is hard. They, they've sort of already moved on. And the other thing is, like, think about it. Some of those slots on an NBA roster are they're trying to get young guys better. That's what they're doing. And it's more of that than ever before, probably. Absolutely. I, yeah. I agree with you on that. And I just think that, you know, I don't know that people recognize that to the fullest extent that when you're looking at a guy and you say, hi, oh, never made it to the NBA. Don't look too deeply into that. This is a dude that could have gotten better later. This is a dude that skills didn't fit. His timing didn't fit. The team he went to in training camp didn't work for him. Anything could have happened. Oh, I mean, when you tell me a guy has like a 10-year career in EuroLeague, I give that the same amount of respect as maybe somebody that's not getting a lot of playing time for 10 years in the NBA, right? Maybe even more. Like, it's really tough to play at the highest level of Europe for that long. Yeah. No, the EuroLeague, I mean, I don't think people know how good the EuroLeague is. Look, I'll I'll tell you another, uh, as soon as you and I in this podcast, I'm going to start doing work for Australia's Basketball League, the NBL. Uh, So I'm going to call their top 10 as soon as you and I are finished. I can tell you there's several guys in that league that can make an NBA roster right now. Mm -hmm. Several guys. In fact, Orlando played there for a bit and he was telling me dudes yeah these guys could definitely make an nba roster if you wanted to clear out some of those uh guys that are into development slots or if you wanted to clear out some guy if you had a way to clear out guys that were on a guaranteed contract that weren't performing there's guys that can make it it's just tough so it's not even fair probably to compare the euro league to the nbl because the euro league is more of a cup that has the top teams from many different countries, but yeah, it's champions but, league soccer, right? Exactly. But how would you compare the levels there? If you had to your league's better, right? Your league yeah. overall is certainly better, but like the, the thing is like for the Australia, the best Australian players may want to stay at home because they've got a league now that can pay them enough money to make a nice living versus going over and trying to make it in Europe. Like a guy like Joe Ingles, went to Europe before he came Maccabi Tel Aviv. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes, he goes NBL Europe, then to the NBA. And he was always an NBA player the whole time. Like yeah. level was. Yeah. 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 But the thing is like, if, if you think about it, like how many of those guys are getting scouted the right way? How many looks are they getting compared to a college guy that, you know, if you're a Milwaukee Bucks scout and he's playing at Wisconsin, I can scout that dude pretty dang easily. You know, there's there's all sorts of stuff. And I think it it's getting better. I think it has in the last 10 years through leaps and bounds. But, like, I still think, you know, there's advantages for guys. And, and youth is a thing. The fact that you can pay a guy less. And the, the fact that, like, look, I may not want to come back to the NBA and be an 11th man on a bench when I'm a superstar here. Why would I? So yeah. I just I just think that people need to understand that in a better way that if you see a guy that was, man, he was a superstar in Europe, but he never made the NBA, that's not the end-all, be-all to me. Do any of the top NBL teams play in any kind of European competition or cup competition? Not that I have ever seen in my five years with the league. Now, a big carrot for them, uh, the Adelaide 36ers came over this year and played uh, NBA preseason and beat the heck out of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I remember that. And were pretty tough against Oklahoma City. They play Oklahoma City because, they, you know, Josh Giddey's the Australian dude, and right, they want right, to play right. him. But they, it was a big deal for them to, uh, you know, be playing an American team. That's a, a huge value for them. Uh, and to beat an American team, that, that Adelaide team fell apart this year. But they had three guys that have NBA talent. Now, there's there's some issues with each of them, like holes in their game. But each guy could make a certain NBA roster today. 
uh, and you know, the team sort of fell apart. They didn't even make the playoffs. They didn't even yeah. make the playoffs. That's how much talent there is over there right now. And uh, just really good players in the NBL. And, uh, you know, I love it. Uh, my NBA schedule works like this. I, I go, you know, probably till 11 o'clock here, uh, in, in the West coast with the NBA, I'm doing work till 11 o'clock. And then at about 1130 at night, there's a game in Australia that tips off. And I, I, you know, I can't go to sleep right after I've done with an NBA top 10. I sound like a lunatic when I'm calling those things. So I'm, I'm keyed up. And so I watch a basketball game, go to bed. So it's great. The timing is great. I really do enjoy it. It's a, it's a fun, fun league. It's also great that you got to see LaMelo's development from the earlier stages, because when I watch LaMelo play now, all I could think is he's a basketball savant and he has the highest levels of feel for the game. Yeah, I tell you what, it was it was a real big deal for the league that he went over to Illawarra and was I will tell you this and this is a credit to LaMelo Ball too. Not only did he go over there and play and play very well, he became a part of that community in mm. a real earnest way that those people valued. He was at schools hanging out with kids, playing basketball with kids, doing little informal camps and stuff like that. He really spent a lot of time with the fans there. I, I think those people will always value that relationship. You know, he was there, what, six months, something like that. Mm -hmm. But it was important and it was a valuable time and it was a great promotion for the league. And then, you know, you have Josh Giddy come right after behind. That's a, that's an, a, you know, Australian player, but then you've got like guys like Jacques Landell, RJ Hampton. Uh, they, they got guys that are going to make and You know, there, there's a, there's a lottery pick this year. His name is Ryan Rupert, a uh, kid from France who plays from New Zealand. It, it's just every year they're putting guys in the NBA and that's, that's their dream, man. That's what that league needs. They need it all the time. I love that RJ Hampton is starting his podcast career really early. Did you know he has a podcast? Oh, I did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like and he like I've seen clips. Like he I think he's been consistent. It's pretty cool. He's um, good? I think so. I, like from the I haven't listened to a whole one full transparency, but like the clips are pretty good. Like he seems confident on the mic. I, I think it's pretty cool. I, I saw Theo Pinson had one the other day. And I was, everybody everybody got a podcast these days. <laughs> how do these guys have time? I mean, I guess the other thing though you is are, if you've you have time. You have yes, time yes, you, on that yeah, life. That's the thing yeah. is like I remember I used to be like a feature producer for TNT back in the nineties. And so I would go out there on game day and you'd be like, okay, we got to show up at what, what is it? 10 in the morning for shoot around. And then, okay, the, they're done. We'll see you at five 30 tonight. And so there's this big window of time where they're taking a nap, chilling, going, get lunch, whatever it is they're doing, they got time. And then they come back to the arena. So it's their space there. Yeah, I could imagine if you're not the type of guy that likes to hang out because, you know, not everybody likes to hang out, you know, at, and but like if you don't do that, I mean, you have even more time. You can wake up early like, you know, I'm. it's like, yeah, you know, well, like a lot of it is video games now and everything exactly. Like that. Yeah, I mean, those yeah. guys bring their video games on the road. So it's it's a it's a they've adapted to that lifestyle pretty good, I think. And they they understand how to kill time and have fun with it and stuff like that. But that's. You know, that's that in-between time. I, God knows, you know, if you're flying out that night, you don't have time to go out and stuff like that. But if you got a couple of nights, like I, I imagine the fun trip in the NBA is the L.A. swing where you've oh, got, yeah. you got, you know, like especially if you got a couple of days between Lakers and Clippers and you got a couple of days in L.A., that's got to be a fun trip. That was always a fun trip for me. I remember, like, if you think about the way playoff TV is done. Um, I would show up at we were so spoiled back then. I'd show up at the Ritz Carlton Marina. 
Marina Del Rey. It was great. So you you get there on a you got a game on a Thursday. You're there on a Wednesday night. You do the interviews Wednesday. You go to the game Thursday, and then there's like three days between the next game. You've got this this massive window yeah. of time. You're just yeah. hanging out. It was incredible, incredible lifestyle. So all the news has been about Kyrie Bo. All of a sudden, <laughs> trade request. Yep, and he's traded to the Mavs. Honestly, I mean, some people say they weren't surprised. I was pretty surprised because. They were playing great, man. They look like legit title contenders. When KD, yeah, KD's been through his injuries, but when he comes back, he comes back strong. So I just figured Kyrie would wait this one out. I, I never even thought he would request a trade, but I guess anything could happen in the NBA, huh? <laughs> well, first of all, that's a great rule of thumb. Anything can happen in the NBA. Right. God knows. But, like, it seems like something did happen. The word we get is that, you know, negotiations weren't what they wanted them to be. There was a lot of conditions on an extension and stuff like that. And he felt disrespected. Okay. So that's his perspective. If you're the Nets perspective, you're probably like, well, you haven't been here all the time. You miss a lot of games with unexcused absences. We need to see that you're fully committed. That was their perspective. And so those two perspectives are, are at loggerheads and a trade is not requested it seemed like it was demanded uh but uh so now i wonder like if you're the dallas mavericks i i, I think at the time i just posted like a, a a gif of like you know they're just all in they're just absolutely they put all their chips on the table and let's see if these guys can can do it i don't i don't know that it works it it seems tough to me and the other thing is i think Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith are sort of undervalued in this whole thing. They're they're less names, but those guys can play ball. I mean, oh. those are ball players to me. Spencer Dinwiddie at his best is borderline all-star guy, and I think he's going to flourish in Brooklyn. And think about that and think about how good a borderline all-star guy. That's like a, well, in Atlanta, that's been like a John Collins kind of guy mm -hmm, or somebody mm -hmm. that's right on the, he's not quite an all-star, but he's close. And he's always a 20 point guy, stuff like that. Yeah, man. Those guys aren't everywhere. They're not. So, so I do think the Luca Kyrie mix is a good fit, but I would say, do they have enough depth now? And is the defense good enough? I think those are the biggest questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I remember the first year that LeBron and D Wade teamed up down in Miami. Obviously, Chris Bosch down there too. Um, the first year, it looked to me like it was sort of a it's my turn, it's your turn. It's my turn, mm -hmm. it's your turn with the ball. And the at, at their best, they sort of collaborate and make shots easier for each other. How quickly Kyrie and Luca can do that is going to determine a, a large part of their success. As opposed to just iso ball me, iso ball you. Let's see how they can make good shots for each other. I, I'd be interested to see how that goes for them. And I think Luca's a very... Uh, fantastically smart player and i don't know how many players are more gifted with the dribble than kyrie irving so they have some unique talents yeah and so like it's it's one of those things that it, if everything works out sky's the limit it really is you're right about depth because you lose a little depth uh you know what can you get can you make a further trade can you can you add one more piece is there somebody you can go and get i don't know but boy if you do, if you don't have injuries, it, my theory on all of this, honestly, is the best elite team that has the fewest injuries tends to win the championship. I think injuries play such a part. So if these two guys are healthy and they're really healthy going into the playoffs, I think they got a chance. But it's it's not, they're they're by no means my favorite. I don't know about you, but no means my favorite at all. 
Well, they, it's tough for them to be the favorite because usually it does take some time to build chemistry, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know this, like, right? You can't, yeah. like, you know, Kyrie shows up, uh, you know, he shows up on a Tuesday. By Thursday, you know where he wants the ball, how he likes to shoot it, where he wants to cut. You know, you don't know all that stuff, where he's weak on defense, where he's strong, where I need to support him, where I can let him go on his own. All that stuff is a journey, man. It's not overnight. And these are super elite players, absolutely elite players. So they'll pick up on it quicker than most people, but it takes time. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be those nights where it absolutely just everything works and it'll set like NBA Twitter on fire, right? Like they're going to score like 150 points and both have like 45, you know what I mean? You just nailed it. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to be at the end of the game and the Dallas Mavericks win 158 to 119. And I'm just going to press <laughs> right. stop on that record and start, stop shake, start shaking my head. And people are going to freak out. That's what's happening. I, I'm telling you that's what's going to happen. But they're also going to give up 150 points some nights too. That's, that's the, the thing. That's the thing. The offensive rating is going to be really high, but the defensive rating is going to be really low. I love how you broke it down, though, because that's exactly how I was thinking about it when you were talking about like Kyrie's perspective and the Nets' perspective. There's no right. There's no wrong. But it's funny, like when you go on Twitter, it's like every, the opinions are so polarizing. It's oh my cr- god! It's crazy. Oh my god! I, I like I go on Twitter and I have to just like say put it down, Bo, put it down, Bo. I, I, the, I, the one group I'm, well, Lakers fans are wild. Golden State Warriors fans are wild. I mean, just you know, and I think those are fans that have such great expectations, right? Our team has won championship after championship after championship, and if we're not the favorite to win the championship, then somebody's giving up, and it's just not the reality. Sometimes there's a lot of injuries during a season. Uh, you know, these are two teams that are getting older. Uh, maybe some draft picks didn't work out, but you know, NBA Twitter is a wild place. I think, you know, honestly, it's very useful for my job. I can, I can, so just the nature of the timing of something is like, imagine a Hawks game ends at, you know, 7 30 local time for me, 10 30 back east. And I got a highlight coming into me at 10 45. Well, I need to see if the Hawks put out an update on Trey Young's injury yet. I can quickly go to the Hawks PR or something like that and see if there is any new information out there. So it's a really useful tool for those of us that are in that tight turnaround business and need real hard facts, but you have to find the real hard facts. You have to know who's doing the real hard fact and you got to separate that from the opinion. Yeah. You know, speaking of the quick turnaround business, I feel like your job is in great shape because everybody loves the highlights Gen Z loves the highlights. The people younger than Gen Z loves the highlights. But my question to you is, how will the NBA keep watchers on for full games going forward? And do you think they'll need to tweak something? Because obviously everybody's going to always love the highlights for years to come. But can people consume full games when when attention spans are just getting shorter and shorter? Well, it's distracted viewing, right? You may be watching, but you're looking at your phone and looking at your computer and adding up stats and doing something else and it's on in the background and the here's the thing i've i've got buddies at turner sports that are you know in charge of programming so they have to pick what games go on the air which games don't go on the air you talk about a difficult job man this is one of the most difficult jobs you can ever imagine and it's if you really really think about it like they're picking in october what's going to be a great story in they, march they they tweak it though right they tweak it they have the some flexibility right they do but yeah. it's not the flexibility that you imagine. It's not like they can, you know, it's not like if Kyrie was traded on Saturday, they can say, we're picking up the Dallas game on Tuesday. It's not like that. 
And there's a limited number of times because what happens is you get into, uh, you know, arena scheduling and stuff like that. We can't move days very much and, and, and things of that nature times a little bit. We can move, we can push, but they only give you so many opportunities to move that, but <clears throat> their, their concern is ratings, right? And ratings all over time are just going like that. Right. And it's not, it's not cratering, but so like, how do we keep people interested in the game and how do we make sure that there is value for the the broadcasters because the players get paid off these huge broadcasting contracts. If those go away, the players aren't making the money that they used to make. So we have to keep folks engaged in the big product. My product makes some money. That TV product makes a whole lot of money. And I think, you know, like, look, if, if you watch basketball for years, people are seriously, seriously into the NBA and the playoffs, right? They mm -hmm. love it. And I can tell you that's reflected in our numbers in that we do very well in the playoffs. Uh, the broadcaster does, my company, Turner Sports. But, um, you know, like, they, it's the regular season that's a, that's a long slog. So keeping people interested in those storylines and stuff like that, that's our job. And, you know, to me, a bit, a bit of it is the product sells itself. If you watch Kevin Durant play, you know, that's entertaining in and of itself. Uh, next year's going to be incredible because Victor Wembanyama's coming. I mean, just, you know, just put him on TV. Let's see what he's got. Let's see what the kid, there's going to be a few games that you can just put him out there and people are going to watch that product. Uh, and we need people to watch the regular season basketball. So how to make the regular season more spicy, you know, that in season tournament is one of the things that the NBA is trying to do. I don't know if it works. I don't know if it doesn't work. I know how it works in European soccer and it's successful there, but they've been conditioned to look at that stuff for years and years and years. Um, so I, I just think that that's a challenge that broadcasters face. From all your years of broadcasting, from doing what you do, what's that highlight that sticks in your head but nobody really talks about? I I don't know if people really talk about it or not. I'm going to tell you a story. I used to go into the office uh, at NBA TV studios in Atlanta, and it, we, we called it the vertical coffin. The voiceover booth is this tall, eight-foot tall thing, really soundproofed, super thick soundproof thing, and you can't hear a thing when I'm in there voicing. Two times in my life, I have heard absolute screams come through that wall. Uh, and it was Clay Thompson's 37-point quarter for the Golden State Warriors. And there was a Blake Griffin dunk over Timofey Mozgov, Ugh. where it was just filthy. And I just, I had to stop recording because you would have heard screams in the background of my voiceover. And you're talking about a, a thing that is genuinely built to be soundproof. And people are screaming that loud. So those two are real standouts. I mean, like I've had some highlights that I've enjoyed my personal call, but as far as, you know, I, I just, I just lean on those players. They do great things and I describe it. And you know, those were, those were fantastic moments. Bo, let's leave it at that. Great way to end it. Actually, wait, one more thing. Goatman Tater. Is that a, did you make that up? Who, who gave that? God, to? no. God, no, I didn't make that up. Uh, no, I appreciate it though. Like it's obviously a com comment oh, okay. or a compliment, but like, it was funny to hear, you know, like uh, people telling you that they really like your work. It's cool. Uh, I don't necessarily go around telling people I'm the goat mentator. I, I don't introduce myself as such. You know what? Your bio, your bio should just be a goat emoji. It really should. <laughs> Somebody's trying to get me to sell T-shirts with a goat with a microphone in front of his face. <laughs> like, you know, I know people make a lot of money selling T-shirts and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I get it, man. I get it. But, uh, you know, the, the NBA treats me OK so far. Bo, 
You're truly great at your job. I appreciate everything you do, all your work over the years. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll come back anytime. I appreciate you having me on. Appreciate you. Have a great one. Take care. There it was. Yet another episode of Combos Court. Big shouts to Bo for joining in. We appreciate you. Thank you to everyone who listens to Combos Court across the globe. Be on the lookout for the next episode of Combos Court. Combo out.